Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. Good morning. Oh, that was loud, eh, Duncan? <laughs> Listen to the Bounce Show, second show, so much to talk about today. The Proteas are breaking our hearts. Tennis seems to be match-fixing. And, well, there's just so much else to get into. Today we have really, really, really good guests. Very, very passionate talking points. We're going to talk about cricket, of course. That's the big one right now. Everyone's talking about cricket because they're either very, very heartbroken or, well, they're just running out of things to say about other sports. I think it's more about the fact that they're just massively heartbroken right now. And I, for one, Duncan, is that better? Yeah, yeah. I was trying something different with the levels, you know, and then and then you come in and you are my rock. Wait, wait, wait. Strike. We had a lightning strike, Ben. Is that what happened? So our compressor's down, so the, the levels will be a bit all over the place, but we're handling it. Okay, Duncan, you're actually the greatest producer because what you've just done there is you've come in here and said, Ben, you know what, it's not your fault. Yeah. But you didn't say it in those words. <laughs> oh, you're an absolute champion. Okay, so I do apologize if I come across a bit loud. Uh, there was a legit lightning strike on the studio. I don't know what happened or who was on air that needed to be struck by lightning on Friday, but... <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So, what I was going to say in my highly charged intro was that uh, no one's happy at cricket right now. It's not a good state of affairs. I've got Simi Arif with me. Now, Simi, you were a guest on the Gareth Cliff Show a while back. Hi, Ben. Yes, I was a guest on the show. And, and I, you were there, and Gareth was there, and it was amazing. And I just thought to myself, wow, this guy loves cricket. I've got to get him on at some stage. I was waiting for the moment. You know, was this the moment? No, this wasn't the moment. <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to have you in a much more positive light. I wanted to talk about like cool things in the T20 World Cup, or I wanted to talk about beating England, or 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 there were so many other ways I wanted to actually have you on the show. But here we are. We will have that day one day, though, Ben. We will have the day. We are going through a horrible time right now. Yeah, I'm speaking specifically Test cricket because they, for me there is no other format. Well, there is because that's how sponsorship comes into no, CSA. No, there is not. <laughs> there is not. You should never be focusing on anything else but Test Cricket. If you don't focus on Test Cricket, A.B. de Villiers will leave, and then what will happen? Sure. Well, we're going to actually learn about that, I think, sooner rather than later, because A.B., all that talk during the test about the fact that he might not want to extend his career, he's not entirely sure, speculation up in the air. But anyway, let's not get into cricket just yet. What I do want to do with you is just run you through a couple of things that were making the news over the weekend. Of course, the Bounce Show is all about bringing you what you need to talk about for the week because it's quite funny how the way like media and internet radio all these kind of things have progressed is that everyone has to say mm. and i get so many messages not saying ben i think you're really good at sport to that kind of stuff <laughs> so few of those <laughs> i get loads of messages going you know what i hate sport but you make it bearable okay or <laughs> sport is so cuck but at least i can know if i take something you said Someone will understand me. Yeah, like in my perfect world, everyone loves sports and everyone's as passionate as Bud. It's, it's nice to have fans, eh, Ben? Um, no, look, that was all one message. Okay. <laughs> it's all how you stretch it. It's nice to have fan, Ben. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we're not going to get too much in the cricket here, but we've got lots and lots to talk about. Uh, probably in like two, three minutes. If you do need a piss or you're going to make some tea, give a couple of minutes. But um, 
Australia doing really, really well in cricket right now, that uh, ODI series there was all about who has the better batsman because both teams yeah. didn't decide to pick bowlers. Yeah. Um, the Aussies left out Nathan Lyon so he can get some valuable experience in the Big Bash League, <laughs> which is kind of like staying at home on a Friday knocking one off rather than going on a date. Yes, but that's 100%. Hey, you know, these Aussies, they know things that we don't. Uh, Pakistan, they've got some band players back, so they're back, but they're getting hammered by New Zealand. And then uh, there's domestic cricket, but we're not going to get into that. Tennis match-fixing. This story I found this Is morning. Is Gulam Bodhi involved in the tennis match-fixing? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel Gulam Bodhi is involved in all match-fixing at this moment in time. Is Gulam Bodhi uh, Nick Krugrios? Yes, we don't know. We, <laughs> we don't, know. don't know. We don't know yet. The story is going to be so huge because the IAAF, now they, they dodgy. That's the new FIFA everyone's saying because okay. athletics and the doping, all that kind of stuff. It's just, oh, they're blown the top of that. But now tennis. And, uh, I spoke about it at length actually this morning. So I'm not going to go too much further on this. If you missed it this morning, uh, catch the Gareth Cliff show the first hour of the podcast. But essentially there's been 10 guys identified as dodgy as hell. 10, Ten dudes. 10 is a big number, though. That's a lot of players, right? So 10 guys. It's not like, okay, well, this oak had a dodgy Aussie Open or this guy did something yeah. at Wimbledon once. They said this uh, tennis integrity unit was set up, and they've actually brought in other specialists. So there's this one guy in particular who's a betting specialist. Yeah. He knows his stuff. He knows exactly what's dodgy. When good odds become ridiculously We know odds. who this guy is, Ben. Both of us are smiling right now. We both know that this is Gulam Bodhi. <laughs> they brought in a guy. That is Gulam Bodhi. <laughs> it's Gulam Bodhi. Gulam Bodhi is there, boss. It's fine. We understand. The IAAF don't have to look further. I'll give them your guys' contact details. Tell them to WhatsApp me later on. I'll give Gulam Bodhi's number to them. They just have to speak to him personally. Man to man. We now cross to Gulam Bodhi, ATP <laughs> consultant for match fixing. Gulam, who, who was it? Well, 10 guys have been identified as consistently uh, being involved in irregular betting. So that's a lot of people to be in, and eight of which are going to be in the Aussie Open, which starts today. Nice. Oh, Everybody's watching you. Like now, I don't even watch tennis, but now I'm going to look for corrupt people. I'm just going to watch, my, I'm watch Super Sport go. Yeah, that guy. If someone so much as bounces a ball three times to serve twice before yeah. he serves, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Patch leather <laughs> yes. jacket in the wardrobe. Yes. We're onto this guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate the way sports getting like that. But one thing is for sure, golf is still it's so good. Now, Sammy, I don't know if you're a golf fan. I'm not a golf or a tennis fan, but I'll go with you and act like I am. Yo, that golf is good, hey? Brandon, Brendan Stones. Uh, uh, Brandon Stone won last oh, week, okay. and even younger oh. guy won this week. What's his name? Hayden Porteous. Now, when I say they won, um, if it was a local event, nobody would really care, but it's not. This is big stuff. European co-sanctioned event, which means, firstly, these lighties are winning more than 2 million rand in one go. Well, that's good for them. That's cool for I them. I always felt golf was the best business to get into, though. And uh, so Hayden Porteous, I went to the thing yesterday, Joburg Open, what a jaw. I've so seldom got to golf nowadays, but I've got to go to more of these things. So you go live to the golf? Yeah, I went stand there. No, I got VIP tickets, which is kind of rad. Okay, cool. So my question to you is, do you stand there? Do you follow the guys to each hole? Yeah, well, I've got some friends actually who do play, and yeah. my one mate was in the top 10. So I watched him for a little bit, and then I was like... But you walked with these yeah, people? Yeah. No, man. Yeah, I walked. No, it's, the, it's the coolest, coolest sports stadium in the entire world is a golf course. No, man. It's, I mean, it's the <laughs> only sport in the world you can get that close to the talent. No, if you've you got can't... a media pass, you can get it right by the boundary. I'll You're see. not going to stand at the stumps and wait for the guy to run in. My man, I'll stand my third man. I'll speak to KG Rabada one way like, yo, man, what's your favorite album of last year? <laughs> Taylor Swift or Drake? <laughs> I was asking the important questions, Joe. Okay, now you're a special guy with a special pass. I, most guys can't They don't give that. you the special pass. 
Which is also Altaf Kazi from Cricket South Africa. Yeah, I've written way too many things for Cricket South Africa. They'll never have me. <laughs> they'll never have me through the door of anything official looking. No, they can't do that because they'll be biased, bro. I just want them to start allowing me into the press conference. I feel I am allowed into it, but I feel like I have not taken up that opportunity Trust yet. Trust me, after your tweets in the weekend, you're not going yeah, in I'm there. Yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> You've got no chance of getting a, a finger sandwich out of that room. Trust me. Um, uh, golf, I was talking about golf. Um, yeah, so the Joburg Open was on the weekend. Uh, Hayden Porteous and then Zander Lombard finished second, which last week was uh, also young SA1-2, mm. which is really cool because a lot of – now, this is the difficult thing about golf. Now, I'm going to have a big discussion about this is that – when you look at Mr. Gary Player, and I'm not going back to the grave man just because the show's hit a lull after 10 minutes. <laughs> it's that I reckon these guys get too rich. They just become far too rich and they sit back and they go, I can't play those events, but you know what? I'm just going to chill in my beach house with my 23 friends and drink champagne. Do you know what the thing that I've just recognized right now? All three of the sports you've mentioned today, golf, tennis, cricket, all of them have some form of someone being bad in it. Gulam Bodhi for cricket. And potentially for tennis if we go on our investigation. Well, yeah. And then Tiger Woods, bro. Yeah, he was that, a horrible role model. I think that's the reason why I don't even follow golf anymore. Is because Tiger was caught with his mouth outside the banging house. Banging bitches. Yeah, that's why you don't watch golf. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't follow infidelity. Yeah, me either. I'm not a big fan of it. And uh, Tiger spat on the green ones. That would that for me was it. I mean, he could have banged 35 core girls <laughs> because he on the first tee, but he spat on the green. That was it for me. Okay, you know what? So we should actually just castrate the cricket. I'm trying to like, talk about other I don't stories. Know what, they, but, uh, what other stories are there? But there are no actually. Other, there I'll are tell no. you. Arsenal, Arsenal drew at Stoke City. Great performance by Butland and Czech. Uh, United somehow managed to put a goal in at Liverpool. No, the world Rooney is somehow managed to put a goal. Yeah, in. it's you know he hit one of those shots where it looked like it any other day would have gone over. But now every United fan is celebrating like they've won the league. Chill out. You're still you're not even near fourth yet. You're a couple points behind it, Joe. Leave that thing. It's not for you. This Premier League thing is not for you. It's over for you guys. It's not happening. So that's your soccer. There's your soccer. Do you want the soccer scores from the day before? No. Yeah. There we go. I actually don't. Yeah. You're done. There's no other sport, Joe. Let's talk about the main thing here. Okay. Let me set the scene. It was kind of honors even. You were at the ground. I was all three days. One, two, all three days. <laughs> I did the test. All three of them. All yeah, three of the days. All three of the days. Okay. So set the scene. If you are quite well on the fence about what happened over the weekend of the cricket, honors were essentially even going into that sort of uh, lunch session on day three. Yeah. And after after Newlands, everyone thought, okay, our batsmen have come right. Conference mm-hmm. is eking back into the team. If we can set maybe 300, and then, and then we might already rinse these oaks on day four or five. And yeah. now the weather that was meant to be plaguing the test, completely out the window, yeah. which is cool. Not cool for me because I bet in a draw, mm. but I'm a doist like that. I'm the world's worst sports On gambler. a result, wickets. <laughs> yeah, but when it said rain, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, nah. Monday, Sunday. Yeah, no, I, it said rain four out of five days. Yeah, but don't listen to those things. You know the difference between the weatherman and God is? God doesn't think he's a weatherman. <laughs> That's the thing. Don't worry. I knew there was going to be a result in this wicket. But it was, yes, you were, it was even going into lunch. Yeah. But that being said, I always tell people, test cricket in particular, the only type of sport where the correct decision is always made. There's always a, the outcome is correct. Because in those five days, you'll find out why a team lost or a team is able to draw or a team wins. And we saw it. With our eyes, we saw it. Yeah. We are just not up to Quality at the moment. England went through us. The fact that Stuart Broad could come here and make himself look like he's Dale Stain from a few seasons. Oh, guys, sure. we can't allow that to happen. Five wickets like that. No, man. They weren't even great balls. 
Well, look, there was a bit of movement on offer, and Stuart Broad was the one guy who used swing rather than bounce, because yes. a lot of these guys, they just believe I can run in there. And they almost become like wanderers drunk, in that they think the pitch is just, I'm going to just steam mm. through all day. Yeah. Broad was the one guy to actually eat humble pie there, and he did say, it was because of experience, I thought I knew the line was going to be this, and it was. I mean, he had more caps than our entire bowling lineup put together. Yeah, I saw that stat, it wasn't like, and you beat them by a good, like, 12 or 13 caps, which in- is... Including more than more called 70 caps, but then yep. again, that is always a 70% of me. I always feel Mone Mokul is two years away from not being what he ever is. Because I don't know. I don't know if Mone Mokul's ever fulfilled his potential. I don't know if he is at the point where he is the best bowler that Mone Mokul can be. I've never known that. i just known he was a bowler. He was there. And he wasn't the guy you'd go to. For, you would never toss Mone Mokul the ball and go, go take those wickets. Yeah, you know I'll really lead something. Because, look, there's actually so many points here to kick off with a go with. But Mone Mokul, for me, is an abusive relationship. It's kind of like Liverpool. With Cricket South Africa? No, or just, 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 just Mone Mokul, if yeah. we're going to touch yeah. on him. Because yeah. you look at him and you go, okay, that ball gets delivered at like seven foot two. Yeah. I mean, he can run in there, bounce anyone on like on a bed of hay. Mm-hmm. And he's got pace. Yeah, 147 kilometers an hour he was bowling. And then we really need him. No way. The captain probably tossed the ball somewhere else. Yes, but yeah, this is my thing. I feel, and I feel it's, it's systematic with the whole setup at the moment. I don't, I don't think this Proteus team know what they are doing. And this is the reason why. I'm a fan of cricket. I'm a fan of cricket and I expect people to acknowledge fans. Mm. As much as when I do stand up comedy, someone comes up to me and they say, you're a shit. I'm like, yeah, but why? Give me the Correct. reason. And I can give you a hundred reasons why we did bad in this test. Because we did horribly. But no one has said anything. That means in their dressing room, who's saying something? Russell Domingo still hasn't come out to say anything. He's the coach. He's your own coach. You know when we lost in the World Cup semi-final, they came back to the to the airport. Then I'm there, waking up hoppers three in the morning, getting to the airport. They arrive at hoppers four. They come out at quarter to five. I'm there. The first thing Abi de Villiers tells everybody there, guys, I'm sorry. Then he still went around to every single person and said, I'm sorry. Here... We get bowled out for 83. We don't find a word. Nothing. Mm. No one can say anything. Well, I'm glad you bring it up so early in our pieces because there's two things here. Where we just completely outplayed and the players are going, you know what? I've trained hard. I did everything I could. I've de- definitely put my mind, heart and soul into this. Or is it a case that there's actually some really big problems here? Because if you're sitting there as a captain, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, yeah. trying to think what AB could possibly say. Because I listened to his. Uh, I've actually got it. I'll play it in a bit. He was just saying, look, they bowled brilliantly as a unit. They did amazing things, and we just got walloped. You think, yeah, maybe you did. But then again, you think, okay, I want more, actually. Yes. Why are you getting walloped? Why do you have all this quality, and why are you getting walloped? Why are we consistently getting walloped? Not a single test won in the last nine. Yes. Why are we consistently getting walloped? And it's got nothing to do with, like, you know, the generic answers people come with, like, yeah, it's the quotas, eh? No, it's not. It's not. Maybe we just Can don't Can we throw that have... out now, yeah. <laughs> Good. We're not picking the right people, and I keep on to, I keep on hopping on about Stephen Cook. Stephen Cook is scoring runs for fun. He's mm. got a tender of run scoring right now. He can't stop. <laughs> he will never get into this Proteus team. By some weird way, God would have to come down and touch every Proteus select and say, "Choose this guy." That's the voice of God, by the way. Very deep There'll voice. There'll be a light on yes. him, and he'll go choose and, him. And then they'll be like, yeah, we'll choose him. We are choosing him. We've got Stian van Zell, who looks more confused. You know how confused Stian van Zell looks? This is how I know the Proteus team is in a state of confusion. Stian van Zell thinks he can do what he's doing now for the rest of his life and be fine with it. 
he is so confused. He's passing the confusion onto everybody in the stadium. The lead singer of Mikasa is cooking a cricket. He's not singing, Joe. He's doing the wrong thing. <laughs> That's how confused we are. People are getting confused. No one knows what they're doing. Hashim Amla, A.B. De Villiers thought he was Hashim Amla. He's like, yeah, you know who I'm give this bowl, this new ball to? I'm going to give it to Morris. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Morris. I'm going to give it to Morris Downwind. Yes. Downwind, yeah. Let me do this thing. This this makes sense. Hardest for Leon, who's been taking wickets, all of a sudden showed like, ah, maybe this international thing is for me. Eh? He took a wicket on his first one. First ball. He thought, yeah, I've made it, guys. You know when you people are like, yeah, fuck Dale Stain. He's not coming back to this team. Then got smacked at six and over. <laughs> horrible. That was horrible. It is. It's kind of lawful because you can break down every aspect. And let's just go. Let's just try. Um, oh gosh, these English are cheering again. Look at them. Oh. I oh. spoke to them, man. Eh? All of them. Yeah, well, most of them. It's such noisy louts. There we go. Oh, gosh, no. I can't, oh. I can't stand them. Couldn't stand them even after the game. Anyway, so Stian Fincella, right? Talented middle order batsman who was told, go open. Cool. I'll do it for the Proteas. If the Proteas said to me right now, Ben, I really think you'd be the best number five in the world. I'll go, cool. <laughs> yeah, Decent money. Cool. You travel. <laughs> I'll do it. You can't say that Stian Fincella was going to say no, but he's not shining there. So we need to move he's on. He's not shining. Because there's no doubt the guy's got talent because um, I had an interview recently with Gary Kirsten. He said, yeah. look, you've got to trust selection because if you don't, then the whole system falls out of kink. So you can't just go, okay, we're going to drop this guy and bring this guy in. We can drop this guy, bring this guy in. Because if it's going through a series, then that's what really throws a team out of kilter. Okay, Our yeah. team is out of kilter. So no matter what happens, what now, happens we're yeah, okay it's with done. It. Yeah. But the thing is, Stephen Sale was there because of a, a selection process which saw uh, his merits – well. His achievements merited mm. eventually. Stephen Cook's gone through that same process now, and, and therefore no. it is his team is his time now, because you can't have this experiment of uh, a middle order batsman failing at the top. And he's left-handed. I'd love to see the right-hand left-hand combination. combination. So I think there's so much um, hype around that right now that the selectors can't deny this, and they can't then say to us, getting back to your point about what we get told, we can't then say we've got to give put faith in selection because that's happened yes. already. Yes, th- we have done. done that. We have done that. And all these consultants they keep on hiring. Every single time we log into Twitter, you'll find a new consultant. And they'll be like, yeah, well, now we've got Graham Smith to consult. On what? Did, have they seen the replays of his last test that he played in Cape Town? He went on for 16. What is he consulting on? And he always used to say the same line. Always he had to say the same line. Yeah, uh, you know, the boys are, you know, the brave, brave cricket. No, man, we don't play brave cricket here. We play cricket to win here. Like I said, people must stop making Protea adverts. Protea fire, Protea fire. Fuck your Protea fire, Joe. Go into the field. Exactly. Have four bowlers that could take 20 wickets in a test match. That's what you need. Go have batsmen to score runs. I don't want to see you fucking... They say, oh, Avid Villiers, you know, uh, I sat down and I put some words on paper. We've got the most Afrikaans guy putting down English and Zulu words <laughs> on paper. No, Joe. Go bat. Go bat. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought when I watched that advert. I was like, why the fuck are you putting words down on paper? There's fuck duplicity in the gym in the advert. By yourself. No, man. Get him, get him a batting coach. Get him a domestic game. Yes. Get him something. <laughs> there are too many watchers in our Proteus team. There yeah. are people where we have paid to go watch Test Cricket. I wish they could pay me this much. Because we sent JP Dumini for the last five years. Since 2009, he hasn't even scored runs. And they're like, yeah, you know what? JP, just go watch. Go watch in India. Go watch everywhere around the world. Then they told, oh, we're tired of this guy watching. Second test, they're like, hey, Shaps, you're done. Now JP's not, he's, trying, he's scoring runs. Yeah, then he went and scored runs. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, like, 
Too many watches. Russell Domingo, watch it. Come on. Someone must give me the stats on Russell Domingo. Well, just getting back to that, the batting consultant thing that you brought up there. He's got all these guys coming through, right? But where's the consistency? So if you're a batsman and you are in and out of form, you get a con- you get a consultant that comes in, really hits a nerve with you. You go, okay, great. That guy then works in that technique over the next two, three seasons. So mm-hmm. you know what the original problem is. You then got a solution. You build a solution before you know it, there's strength. That guy gets one little thing in that net session with Michael Hussey, right? Yes, that doesn't help. And he's a left-hander, you're a right-hander. Then Russell uh, Dominguez goes, okay, cool. Uh, next test, we've got Graham coming in. Okay, cool. So now I've got this other consultant, also left-hander. I'm a it right-hander. It doesn't make sense. I think I saw someone say on Twitter that there is no batting coach. No, he brings in these star started consult. This guy is trying to start a memorabilia business. Yes. And he's getting signatures. That's all he's doing. Yes, I think he's doing like delegation work. He's like, yeah, guys, hey. Yeah, I enjoy that. I enjoy that seat of the wonders. Eh? It's comfortable with leather. Hey, you can rock in it sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I don't feel like doing the bat, the batting coaching thing right now. Hey, Graham, what you doing? I feel like he just goes up to the media box and looks around. It's like oh, Sean Pollock, H.D. Ackerman, Graham Smith. Okay, Graham, I'm going to take you. I yeah. think we need you. That's that's what I honest to God feel. I, look, I, I think so too because um, it's like the opposite of Hanukkah Mayer. Hanukkah Mayer took everything on himself because mm. he lagered himself in there. Yeah. Russell Dominguez going, shit, panic station. Let's get some big names in there. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, hang on a second. Uh, let's get Lance Cousin to teach the tail how to yeah. bat. No, no, those guys are bowling right yes, now. Yes, those guys are bowling. They must yeah. focus on the bowling. And then they make a big thing like, yeah, we're really trying. Hey, we've got yeah. Lance Cousin coming. And what's, what's Lance Cousin going to teach Carl Abbott? In, a, in two hand? days. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, Carl. So basically, in the '99 World Cup, I was amazing until Alan Donald forgot how to run. Yes. So no, let me nothing. let me apply that to your position at number eight and ten. They need, and here's my thing. They, you know, people always turn around, especially people in cricket, and they'll say, "Yeah, what do you guys know? You guys are just sitting here at Cliff Central bitching about us. You know, we do this thing professionally. We get yeah. paid to do this. I'm like, guys, that's the whole point of being fans. And I feel that that's where they need to start out. First, start off with us saying, "Hey, guys, we're listening to you." You know, it takes two seconds for someone to go sorry. Mm. And then I'm still a fan. I'm still going to support you next week and the week after. I'm forever going to support you. I'm a Southern Cricket fan. Yeah. But when you don't acknowledge me, that's when you start bringing resentment into it. Now, I'm angry because you haven't said anything to me. I don't know where the problem... You haven't acknowledged the problem. Well, exactly. That's what it is. You can't give the go back to the drawing board speech the whole time because that means that you have no idea. And it's completely confirmed. When Russell Domingo goes... You know, the guys just need to fight a bit more. Even worse, when Supersport then have no good oh, questions. Yes, nothing. Grill the oak. Like, Jose Mourinho got grilled. Yes. He would fuck up for Chelsea, and then suddenly it would be like, so, Jose, you got no plan, do you? Yeah, and you'd be, and you'd be like, <laughs> and you're like, bye, 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 bye. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. When you start listening to the fans, then you start listening to yourself. Yeah. Because the fans will give you the direct thing. They'll tell you, are oh, you shit? Because fans are like children. If you act bad in a play, a child goes, you're the worst fucking tree. Yeah. They may not swear, but you'll know you're a bad tree. So once we go, you guys are bad. Then like, yeah, guys, sorry, we're bad. Then go to your drawing board. And it's very easy in cricket. You only need 11 names. Mm-hmm. And you only have to have a tactic. You'd be like, cool. In the next test, we're going in with the four fast bowlers. Who are our best four fast bowlers now? Then it'd be like, we have to play Rabada. Kid got talent for years. Oh, yeah. We have to play so-and-so. We have to play so-and-so. We have to play so-and-so. Same thing with batting. We keep on searching for this talisman, this old, who's going to replace Jacques Cullis. Get over it. No one's going to replace Jacques Cullis. Exactly. Jacques Cullis in his last season couldn't replace Jacques Cullis. How did we survive then? It's gone, Joe. It's gone. So you're hitting so many nails in the head here. Well, let's just quickly have a look at whatever this team is, because now, obviously, the series is done. Yeah. Um, Dead rubber, used rubber, call yeah. it what you will now, because yeah. this is yeah. really not a good situation. It's not. We're going to Centurion, uh, weather permitting, we'll get five days of pretty decent cricket. It always makes a good test match. 
I've got a list here of what I think the team should be. Mm-hmm. I think we should discuss this I because I think I have drafts of my own other team. Because Tell me more. Every single time, to, to really kind of almost quote a Victor Matfield cliche, every single time you play for the Proteus, it's hugely important. So this, yes. this next game is vital. Yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the most important game of our future because it's our next one. So we've got to have our best team here. We, I think we're playing, um, who do we play test matches the rest of the year? We play Sri Lanka next summer. Next summer. And yeah. then we've got like a mid-year thing in August against. Yeah. I can't, I can't even remember. At this time, I don't even want to focus on that. Could even be West Indies. I don't know. It's not important. Anyway, the fact of the matter is we've got test matches coming up. Yeah. This is still the primary version of the cricket game. So we've got to go with Cook and Elgar. Yes. Cook and Elgar, open. Okay. And now there's something I want to talk about in the next half hour when the guys from Conquer Sports arrive um, around leadership. And I reckon Elgar must be this this captain going forward now for various reasons other than the fact that he's not our star player, but he's got some real tenacity about him. So, so you think he should be captain? Well, Avi De Villiers isn't the long-term captain. Okay, yeah, so I, I, see, here's my thing. We must work long term. We can't not work long term. We can't exactly. be like, hey, AB, listen, just be the captain for now. He's always wanted to be captain, but if he wants to be captain, he must stay and be captain. He can't be looking at these 23 million US dollar packages where he gets to play every T20 league in the world, yeah. but then not want to be protest captain. So I agree with you. Maybe Dean Elgar should be captain. Well, I think he's the only guy here because you don't want to put excess pressure on the other guys. Okay, so let's just get back to this team thing. We'll yeah. talk about captaincy and leadership in the next half hour. Uh, so I'm at three. He'll okay. go in there. AB will play at four. And then at five, we've got the interesting thing because I think Faf Duplessis needs to go get some domestic cricket. Yeah, he shouldn't be in the team. He's watching. He needs to do something other than watch. You're right, because he knows how to bat... In one way now, okay? When he first came to prominence, saving yeah. the test in Australia. Yeah. That was the only option on the board. So, Lekker, you nailed that. Yeah. From there, nothing. He, he's There's surviving. Nothing. Yes. He's, uh, he's proper just putting bats on board. He's there. surviving. It looked like he was looking for a nod out. That's exactly what he was looking for. Did you, did you see him when you, in Cape Town? It was the most negative style of batting. I understand that you were 600 and you're trying to build something. Yeah. But I mean, like, that was the time for you to get in. You had lots of time to just get in. But I feel like if the test continued and he didn't get out, we would have retired and you would have been on 70, even though you made 80-something. <laughs> but the thing is, this is a guy who is a good batsman. He's a, from the one-day yeah. centuries he's made. We all know he's good. But test cricket is now eating him alive, and he's mm-hmm. only got one format. It's like it's like watching Dan Carter suddenly becoming like a kicking <laughs> fly half who also crashes the ball like Bram van Straten. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. So let him go. I'm saying... He needs to go for his benefit. Go get runs. Yeah. I still support you. Just go get runs. Like, I still thought there was a massive alarm bell. All the guys came back from India, had not scored a run. Yeah. They all played domestic cricket except for him. Ah, uh, I mean, what go. was he doing? What was he doing? So who would you replace him with? Who would you put at five? Okay, because then here we go at five. Right? It's an interesting thing. Does Stephen Fonsell get given a chance in the middle of the order? Because that's essentially how he got into this team in the first place. Or do you just go straight for Dumini because then you've got a guy who's also technically in form? Here's my thing with JP Dumini. And I call it the Dumini Project. For years, we thought this guy would be the guy who replaces Jacques Callas because he get, he's got this golden arm that we only ever hear myths about. But so, if you play JP Dumini, is he going to get you runs? I haven't seen I haven't seen Dumini lift up a bat in a couple of years. See, that's the thing. When I see JP Dumini, I do not see him as a position above six. To ha- a yeah, n- a number five batsman is a pretty good player. Yes. You start thinking of names like Michael Clark. And like guys are really done well. Yes, who sit at number five, who knows you can... Oh, here's my thing. If you see JB Dumini walk out to bat, do you feel confident? No, especially if it's three wickets down, there early, early doors, yeah. Do, if you see Stian van Zell walk out to bat, do you feel confident? Not right now. Well, there we go. So maybe those, both of those options shouldn't be in the team. 
Maybe you, sh- you should put Bavuma at five. Maybe you should put yeah. Quincy at six then. See, these are all fair points, okay? So Quincy has to play. For me, Decock has to play. Yeah. It's a num- he's the only player we should take, him and Rabada, the only two players we should take a risk on because of their potential. Because Stephen Cook, you can't take a risk on now. He's scoring runs. We know he will score runs. Mm. So he's not in his 20s. With Quincy, you have to take the risk. He's your only, he's your only wicket keeper. We can't use AB to keep wicket. We don't even know AB will be there to keep wicket. We can't use Dane Villas. It's he, no. Uh, yeah, I'd see it. again, Villas for me is domestic. He's exactly. not international. So I'm saying Quincy goes there. Even if Quincy scores those fives, those tens, he's gonna, one day those things are gonna turn the other way around. Mm. But he should be there six. I still don't know who I'll put at five. Maybe I'll put Bavuma at five. Well, look, you make really good points there around that because, again, it's it's confidence coming to the crease because a number five batsman is either going to take the game completely away or he's mm-hmm. going to bring it back. Yeah, It's actually quite a big position. I mean, uh, I'm learning, I'm learning De Villiers. You look at that, and this is why I don't believe this whole it's not a big win for the English because of this transitional side. When those two guys are in the batting order, you're not getting ball off 87. Exactly. Those so, are huge things. Again, it's a throwaway. I just want, I just want to say something about Hashim Amna, though. He got out to a Jaffa in that first innings. For sure. He looked so set. And wow, what that Stephen Finn ball mm. absolutely destroyed his life. Well, Stephen Finn, which is doing all the things that Wish Mornimokal could do. Exactly. Ball a good length. That's it. That's anyway. it. Anyway, we are actually unfortunately running out of time on our protest section here. So we're undecided on five here because we've got Dumini potentially. Fuff might stay purely because that's how it works in international cricket. These guys often find it hard to get out of the team. Or do we then try Stephen Finn sale again, but now try him in a more favorite position? I, I'm not hugely optimistic about any of those situations. Bavuma then could come in at five, and then we're looking at a number six batsman. It has to be Quincy. It can't be anything more than Quincy. Okay, cool. But then that opens up, so Villas gets the flick, which is fair enough. But yes. then, then Morris? You ha- you have to play Morris. I reckon you've got to play Morris. You I- have to play Morris, not because he's some amazing type of all-rounder, but it's because he, he can do a decent job. He's, gonna, he's not your first bowler you bowl with, yeah. and he's not the first batsman you go to bat with. He's there. He's as transitional as this whole transitional team they're looking for. But another thing is, he's a fantastic slip catcher, as there we, we saw when AB we dropped saw. that ball. I gave him the coaching, though. I gave I gave Morris the coaching back in Cape Town. I was the consultant. Uh-huh. I have the photo to prove it. Brilliant. I know. So you're going to be the cricket correspondent <laughs> if you carry on like this. Okay, so I mean, those are our shoe and bets. Rabada, jeez. Can I bring up a topic? Because the bowling unit seems to be much easier to fix than everything else. Yeah. So you're going to have to play Morkel. You're always going to play Morkel because of his height and what he can do. And when he does, when he does put in a good shift, he puts in a great shift. Also, uh, with the current bowlers, he's only one with, with test caps. Exactly. No, he has and to then do. you play. You have to play Rabada. And when Stan is fit, you have to play Stan, which yeah. leaves one more bowler. I don't think Dane Peets is the guy as a spinning option. I don't. See, but I hate going back to the thing of considering Dumini as a spin option. You can't. It's like when people say, you know, you can't drop him because he bowls a bit. Sorry, this international cricket, a bit. Yes, a bit is not a thing. A a bit's not a... Yes, you're either putting 11 overs in in an innings or you're not doing anything. If someone uses a bit talking about your qualifications, you're not going to get a job. You're not. Unfortunately, we don't have enough uh, super spinners. I mean, David does, he does a job, but I mean, for f- five for 130 is your best figures, aren't the figures mm. I want to see on the board? I want to see five for 38. That's, but I mean, like, if, but then he's going in solo as a spinner. There's no other, he doesn't offer us anything with a bat. See, Moyen yeah. Ali is the best for England right now. He bats in number eight. Exactly. <laughs> and he bowls. 
Well, look, it's yeah, it's a difficult one. Obviously, Centurion. Um, I, I think they want to get to the position where they want to have a spinner in the team, regardless. I think they just saw that wondrous greenish top and yes. said, "Okay, four four flat out pace, let's go." But just to look at the English team, I think you know we can bitch and we can complain about this protest lineup from from now until ever. The English team is good. You look at the English team; the composition of that team is really, really good. It is, and really it's a team good. where we can actually be maybe in a couple of years' time. Yeah. Because as crappy as we are, we still need to be beaten. And these guys have soundly beaten us, yes. which is quite amazing in South Africa as well. But if you look at that English team, they've got a really pretty good top order batting. Uh, it's, we need to develop a Stokes. I don't know if Morris is the guy we're going to develop into a Stokes. I don't know. I, I feel Ben Stokes is one of those. He's like, you know, they've, England have always had this ability of finding these all-rounders. They had Flintoff. Yeah. And now, and now they have Ben Stokes and Ben Stokes feel, uh, has the best uh, balance of aggression and tactical ability. He's going to be great. I feel like their whole order is great. Even, even if some of them don't perform, one does. Well, if you look at that, that bowling unit, they all offer something. Finn's yep. tall and fast. Broad's pretty canny, but he's also kind of wild. And then yep. Anderson is amazing at home under, um, overcast conditions with a new ball. It's, it's one of those things. And we should, we should try to replicate it, but I feel that we need a whole paradigm shift. We need, Every, a lot of things to change, and that's talking from backroom staff as well. Okay. So, I mean, we have unfortunately run out of time. I've got the guys from Conquer Sport. You're, oh, welcome, man. you're welcome to hang out with us I'm for the rest of the show. My man, I'm going to go to gym, but listen to you but on I your know, cell phone. I know you're a busy guy. Um, where can people get more of you? Now, you. You go into Twitter, right? You, you, you go, you go to the cricket as a comedian in a sense. Yeah. And you yeah. chat to people. Yeah. I do a podcast every single time I go to the crickets. Right. And you're more than welcome to come join in next time you're at the cricket event or anybody else that wants to. And I just interview people. It's not the, if you're a cricket fan, you'll love it. If you're not a cricket fan, don't bother listening to it. It's not going to help you. But we don't talk about cricket issues. We talk about stuff around the crickets. Well, so. that's just it. That's why I keep telling people about sport. It's not yeah. about the runs and, and the Exactly. Figures. It's about it's the so stuff. Much. It's about the chiers. It is. So the, you can find that, but follow Follow me on Twitter at SimiRF. That's S I M M I A R E F. And I have a Facebook account as well, SimiRF. And I post all my content there, and you can enjoy it. And it's cool stuff. And I really hope um, I hope you come to the Wanda International. Then you and I can have a nice chat when we're there. Yeah, it's expensive that stuff. Huh? Uh, don't worry. Uh, yeah, I see you and your girl and your tickets and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the T20 with my parents. Actually, they're up here for the weekend. So cool. We... Can I interview your parents then? I feel like that would be the best. Don't get interview. my dad started. He's he's on this channel way too much as it is. Okay, so guys, please do catch on to what Sammy's doing. He's a he's a cricketing. He's a, he's a cricketing person like we should all really strive to be. Ask questions, enjoy the game. Yeah. And there is so much to enjoy. And, and just support the guys. Exactly. We're going through a bad time, but we still support them. We just want to hear them say, it's okay, guys. We're going to be better. We just want them to engage with us. I think it's a very good point. That's it. Okay. So next up, we've got uh, Kyle and Dan from Conquer Sports. But uh, just while I get them in the studio here, I'm going to go into a very professional sequencing link. Basically, I'm going to play a song. Ooh, no, it's not going to play a song. I'm just going to play this job chanting again. <laughs> Catch you back in about a minute. Thanks, Amir.
Well, that ended abruptly, thankfully. Someone obviously kicked them all out. Okay, uh, trying to get into the WeChat messages. It is very difficult because the show is rather short. It's just an hour. Thank you for your messages, though. Uh, all I can see is smiley faces here. Um, see, Duncan, this is what you need to do. I think you need to edit these messages for me. Like, I can't read all of this. A lot of it is just swearing, which is cool because you're getting people's emotions going. It's really, really good. Uh, Sinazo says that, um, Simi pretty much on the money. He's a really great guest. So again, follow him on Twitter and he's not shy to say things. Um, I, I should take, probably take bets on how long his CSA accreditation is going to last though, because I'm pretty sure they're going to clamp down on him quite soon. Anyway, we've got, uh, Kyle and Dan from Conquer Sports with us now. Now what these guys do is they add a, a real intellectual side to sports, the way I see it. Uh, in particular, if you do like a decent long read about sport, if you go into conquersports.com, their blog section, every week there is some sort of thought-provoking subject that they sort of tackle. And um, it's really well-researched uh, sporting content. Um, they've got an amazing sport network. I'll let you guys actually introduce yourselves properly here. I'm just setting the tone slightly. And it's uh, the generally pieces that I like to write uh, to read because it kind of sums up what's happening in, in sport right now. And like we just had a long conversation about the pro tiers and the fact that they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, and then right on the money, um, the guys here have put together a leadership uh, section, a leadership blog to talk about these kind of things because I think it's hugely lacking. Um, okay, first up, let me just see if your mic's working. Okay, should all be good here, I think. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Okay. Duncan okay, nailed it. Sorry, we had um, electricity problem. Uh, lightning struck the building, so right. it's not just because I'm an amateurish. <laughs> cool guys so just very quickly just let us know what conquer sports about and then we'll get into this leadership uh, article which i thoroughly enjoyed and i actually i even made notes on it <laughs> oh, excellent i mean i actually used some of the quotes here dan i'm, I'm that impressed Nice. nice. Look forward to it. I'll let explain about conquer. Yeah, I think um, you summed it up to begin with quite nicely there. we essentially trying to become thought leaders within the elite sports space or elite performance space. So not necessarily just in the sporting world, but also in the business world. Um, but using our extensive network to, to, um, to be able to th create thought leadership content, which is what Dan does. Um, so on a weekly basis, Dan will put together an article that covers any sort of genre within the elite performance and elite sports space. And we've got a, a great network to draw on then to be able to interview the right people, whether it be someone from the U.S. Navy SEALs, whether it be someone from the U.S. Olympic Committee or someone down here at Western Province Rugby. We've got a whole broad range of people to use there. And then for, for, for Dan to create something that's worthwhile people reading because you get a lot of stuff in the sports world that is – more just results based and there's, yep. there's not too much thought put into what people are actually writing taking random quotes from press conferences and somehow <laughs> elaborating on what you've heard 73 times before exactly so so dan's dan's got the task of trying to produce something that is um out there and, and gets people thinking and engaging and obviously that's a bit of a brand building exercise for us um we've got uh, we, we we're going to start um becoming more consultancy based in, in the work that we do but we've had we've had to use the first two years to build that brand and um we've only been going for a year now so we've got another year of that to go mm -hmm. a lot of events we've got our elite sports summit and our and a couple of business breakfasts and things but uh yeah dan dan's the man doing the the articles and maybe we should get on to yeah for exactly sure what this one was about if you are, do want to follow them on twitter it's at conquer sport uh c-o-n-q-a and then sport, just one word there. Now, Dan, for this week, you've put together a pretty interesting leadership uh, piece. Now, the one thing straight away you take out is that leadership 
is kind of made and developed rather than born. Well, um, see, that wasn't something that I always thought. I, I was always of the opinion that um, leadership is something that's quite innate. But um, I quote uh, Captain Thomas Chaby, who spoke at our Elite Sports Summit. He's I'm got glad you pronounced that, and I didn't butcher that. <laughs> He's that. got uh, 25 years' experience of leading yeah. combat troops, and, and he, he was very adamant that um, leadership, like a cover drive, is a skill that you can develop over time. And there's certain things that you might experience in, in school or through, you know, parents or whatever the case may be that might lend itself to leadership but he was uh very adamant that that leaders are are made and and are you know it's a skill that you can develop and um you know getting to the proteas it seems like something happened in in the vacancy that graham smith left that that really wasn't developed in, i don't know i mean I, I guess uh it is a team in transition but results kind of speak for themselves in terms of leadership don't you think well, exactly. Like, there's so many different facets of this this leadership talk. Um, you know, if you look just at cricket, obviously cricket's a huge thing right now because mm. everyone's pissed off. If you ever want to know what people love about about sport in this country, get the angry people. Yeah, <laughs> they have the best insight. Look at someone like Brian Laura, captain who didn't work there. Right. Look at like someone like Sachin Tendulkar, captain who didn't necessarily work there. Um, Waka Yunus, no, not Waka Yunus, Wazi Akram as well. During a t- a time when they just thought, well, you know what, we haven't got someone. Let's have our most influential and talented guy. Someone like Ricky Ponting did work for him. He was the real star of that team. And, you know, A.B. De Villa is now. We're going to judge him. I don't know. There's various ways of looking at that. And one thing I really picked up that I enjoyed about the article is how leadership has gone through struggles. Now, you did quote, um, what's his name? Mike. Uh, Mike Brearley. Mike Brearley, okay. Yeah. Now, there's a good reason why you've never heard of that guy's name before. He was a <laughs> test cricketer with an average of around 20. Sure. He was never, if you were to look at an on-paper sort of team, Mike wasn't making many sides. No. But he was a leader. And... I, th- I think uh, I can't recall the quote, quote right now, but he basically said that the star players don't always understand the struggles that go into yeah, success yeah, and go into captaining. Exactly, he said. He said that. Em- well, I mean, the, the greatest skill that any that any captain can have is empathy. So, if if you if you are if you got a team that's struggling, Jeez, you haven't heard the word empathy in a press conference recently. Yeah, sure. So, if if you, I mean, if you can, if you, I mean, it makes sense, right? If you can empathize with the guy who's struggling, you are able to. To help him out, and and I said that that was one of the great, maybe the only success of of Hashim Amla's career as a captain, um, was the rise of Temba Bavuma, because as a as another batsman of color, I think um, Hashim really, I mean we don't know for sure, but it's easy to assume that during practices or or in between innings, Hashim put an arm around Temba and was like, you know, look, bud, I know what you're going through, and perhaps a lot of people are are, are saying that you're in the side because of the color of your skin. Mm. I know what that's like. Um, so I, I, I think, I think Temba's rise can be attributed to Hashim's success. But if you look around the team, maybe there isn't a lot of empathy coming from Hashim that there was for Temba. Mm. Well, think, look, uh, sorry, the, the crux of what you're saying there is that being a good leader doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have to be a good player or being hmm. a good player doesn't lend itself to being a good leader. Sure. And I think what we may have lost in the transition phase that we've had with the Proteas now is we had a great leadership contingent. So that was your Graham Smith, your Jacques Cullis, your Mark Boucher. Mm. And they fed off each other, but maybe they didn't pass those skills on to the, the, the next crop that was coming through. Um, and all we did then was look for th- the best player in the AB de Villiers to come in and captain. AB still needs to prove himself in the test arena as a captain. Um, and, and like you say, lo- lots of the guys who are... Um, 
who have have ended up in that position, the Brian Lawrence and the and the Wazi Makrams and the, the Sashant Tendulkers, they were put there because they were the best player in the team, and they knew they weren't going to get dropped. Mm. Um, and and they and they then struggled to prove themselves. Mm. Yeah, like, obviously, that's you know, there's so much, there's so many questions around this protest team right now. Um, just talking about going back, talking about the void left after Graham Smith. Is that like leadership's obviously not really taught in schools? You know, a captain is such a massive thing because in, in cricket they get exposed. In rugby, you can take a guy like Richie McCaw again, just quoting from your article. There's a guy who's going to put his body on the line, lead by example. Sport is easy like that when it's just lead by example. Same with football. You can get a guy who doesn't have to make many decisions. You can just play really well. Everyone mm. galvanizes around you. In cricket, you need to make a massive decision. Hashem Amla giving the ball to Chris Morris to open the bowling for sure. instance, could have a really th- negative bearing on the rest of how that session goes. Are there not plans? Or, you not think there should be plans going, okay, right, this is a greater group of players that we've got for the next however long because that's how it works in international cricket. All identified through domestic stuff and these guys are going to be the future because they're not just going to have three games and then we just guard them. So CSA have a pretty good idea who they're going to work with in the next five years. Now, is there not merit in saying, okay, right, Let's look at the personalities, look at the different sort of skill sets, and then get a captain from there. Because I believe it's just, up until now, the thought process behind a captain has just been so lacking. Is it a lot more, lot more theory around that? Should we be taking a more scientific sort of decision base well, in getting these captains? I, I think it's, it's difficult. I mean, leadership comes from experience. Um, that's the only way you get good as a leader. It's, it's, you, you can't really train. It's, you, you, can't, you can't really stimulate a leadership role in training. So... I think with the amount of, of T20 cricket that's happening, you don't get a lot of, a lot of guys who, who can go and play three seasons of, of domestic cricket and learn what it's like to be a captain in, a, in four days and stand at slip and not influence the game with, with your actions, but influence the game with your decisions. You don't get a guy who, who's got experience like that because there isn't enough time to experience. You, you get a season of domestic cricket, you make runs, you're in the protest side, you play five tests in a year. Mm. So... Old, old school kind of captaincy came through through the hard yards of of being a domestic cricketer for a long time, and I think you with with leadership now because you don't really have that, you kind of have to just hope that your good player will develop into a good leader. But without without that those years of domestic cricket, I think cricket as a whole will lose quality captains like Clive Lloyd, like like Taylor, like mm, good point, yeah. But you also you make a a, a good point there. Do we have to take a different approach because? You've got your Graham Smith, who started captaining at tw- was it 22 years of age, mm, yeah. and they must have identified that his leadership traits built up through some sort of experience must have been good enough to take the protest forward. And yes, he had a great team to work with, um, and that's another thing we bring up in the articles that some some captains have done really well because of the the, the teams they've had behind them. And others have, have had the great teams and, and still not been able to produce any results. But yeah, we have to then take it just a, sounds a bit like luck of the draw. Yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. So do we need to take a different approach where, whereby we identify the leader before the player? Okay, we'll go into the WeChat messages here. It's di- Whoever you are with three smiley faces, you've got to put a name. Otherwise, it's just not really really personal. Thank you for your messages, even the ones where you says my, my clips are cuck. Um, <laughs> you, you must read more messages. Yeah, okay. Um, right, there was actually a message I was trying to get to him. See, it's all the blur right now. Number one fan. No, he was making a point about um, getting back to Stephen Cook. Oh, God. No, this is not going well. Uh, CSA should put cock on block and make former SA under 19 Aiden Markram captain. He's 20 just like Graham was and opens the batting. 
He's a really great player, and he's churning out runs in the semi-pro league. Now, at uh, 20, I like the idea of... See, now it's smiley faces, person with no name. See, this is why I can't address you now. It's awkward. This is the whole thing about working with that group, in my opinion, is that you've got a long-term kind of plan. But Graham, I think, was a one-off. And yeah. I think it's almost, although I do agree with this WeChat message here, I think it's also kind of dangerous trying to always replace people. Somebody touched on it just now about the Jacques Callis thing. Mm. It's like people are saying, well, who's going to go next Graham Smith? We've got to move away from that. We just have to. We've got to have, because this team right now, just to kind of make this more protea-centric. This is a team in transition, so we need a very different captain to what Graham was. Graham was a captain who picked up after Hansi. Yes. So there was a certain amount of drama, but the nucleus of the team was very much certain kind of players, and they're all coming back from that. Now you've got various issues affecting this team. So it's a very different kind of captain. And this is the beauty of leadership and how you know there's various factors we need to kind of consider here. We can't have a guy like Graham Smith to captain a team which is very different to his era. So what I want to put to you guys now is, what do you think of Dean Elgar? Person on the WeChat messages said, I must be out of my fucking mind. Look, the thing, the thing with Dean Elgar is, uh, one thing you know in, in, in keeping with, sorry, in keeping with all you've said right now, I reckon this guy is actually maybe the money core right now for mm-hmm. this group of players because he's come in at a, t- a, a stage where this team was on the outside of being dominant. We're waning when he came in, essentially. Well, well Dean's... I mean, he's one one thing you can't you can't have a Mike Brearley anymore. You can't have a guy averaging twenty as your captain. So I think what, on what's on Dean's side is that he's, I mean, he's established himself as the next opener for the foreseeable future. So you know he's placed in the side as he should. The thing with Dean is that I mean, really, who knows? Who knows if he'll be a good captain? I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't see him as a as a guy who's leading the huddle, who's 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 making a lot of chat on on the field. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just kind of. Being a rank and file member of the team, so he's not assuming that role. I mean, I did notice he was making some fielding position changes. Was he, especially at Newlands? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, has he captained before? Do you know? Has he captained his domestic side? That's the thing. You know, I don't think he's been given the chance to play that much domestic cricket. He seems to be on a lot of press conferences nowadays. It's such a gamble. It's, it's also about. I mean, Hashim made a great a great comment that he he wouldn't have done something in his life if if, if he didn't want to do it. I mean, the the main thing about being a captain is that does Dean want it? That that is that is the question and. After, after he wants it, who is, who, who will be his deputies? I mean, AB's kind of, I mean, and eyeing Hashim's kind of shown that he's not really keen to. A lot of reluctance right now. There's a lot of reluctance, Joe. Yeah, I mean, that and it comes with the pressure. Yes, yeah, exactly. Pressure in cricket, as we've said, the, the pressure in cricket to make those, those decisions is huge. And what you've seen, like, if you look at the Rugby World Cup, the, the guy who got lambasted in the World Cup was Stuart Lancaster. It wasn't Chris Robshaw. Yeah. When it comes to cricket, the captain gets lambasted. Completely. So, so that's why the guys are reticent to put up their hand and say, okay, I really want to take this forward. But we need to find someone who can. Um, and whether it is throwing someone into the deep end like Dean and seeing if he can take it forward and take us forward, um, it's, the, I don't know if it's, it's kind of, uh, are we just trying it out and seeing and then we're just going to fall back onto an mm-hmm. AB or a FAF? Um, it's difficult, but if you do put him in that role, you know that he's got a support structure of senior players yeah. with the ABs and the Fuffs and the, and the Hashim and the Mornays and Dale Stane when he comes back um, to be able to say, okay, we'll take a little bit of the pressure off at some stage during the game. Mm. Um, and I think that's the important thing is, yes, you've got one leader, you've got one captain, but you should have a team of leaders within the team. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, to, to go back to your question, is, Dalga, is Dean Alga the next answer? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But, um, but, but then again, he, he may be. I mean, 
I, I mean, how many people said that Graham Smith would never make a good captain? Now he's gone down as yeah. maybe the best captain. In well, he's getting better by the day in it, the Coventry box. Yeah, exactly, he can do no wrong. Yeah, exactly. While exactly. he's like Flounder, his stock's still going. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's actually Dean's role. He just wants to be a captain so he can become a great commentator one day. Jeez, I'll yeah, do it. Yeah. Money looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, guys, I, I think it's again if you the, the basis of these chats we're going to have with, with the guys from Conquer going forward is that they're bringing up very good questions. Now, I, again, go back to ConquerSport.com. Get into that blog section there. I just think it's, it's certain things we need to be asking. Well, you'd hope that the administrators are asking these questions because, especially in cricket, like we can't rely on this golden age. We've got to actually just start from square one again. We need to take a step back because right now there's a lot of emotional talk going around, a lot of unfair comparisons. Again, it's the whole who's replacing Callis, who's replacing Boucher. Mm. That, that era is gone. Mm. It's like a whole new era now. And I think the captaincy is so vital because the captain's basically got to acknowledge that. Take away all the experiences we've got and realize we're in a new era. So, Dean Olga's that guy. Uh, right, right now, maybe, maybe not. When, when, but see, it's about appreciating the situation we're in. For, for whoever, whoever's captain now has to understand that, that his role is not. Well, when Graham Smith became captain, he had to. I mean, he had to pull Stephen Cricket out of the ashes. He had to be a guy with massive balls and, and had to like puff his chest out and, and have the have the authority to tell Jacques Cullis that he's not bowling anymore and we t- we're pulling him off Sam with Sean Pollock and all the other senior players he had. The t- the, whoever's, whoever's captain now, I don't think necessarily needs to be a, a man of like massive bravado. He needs to be more of a, of a guiding hand, a facilitator, mm. a guy who can shepherd young guys and, and let them naturally and organically develop into senior players. So may, Dean's actually not a bad shot because he kind of does seem like a bit of a you know, calm guy. He seems to be quite likable. He does have some chaos though, you can see that. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. he knows what to do at a finance meeting as well. These are yeah. key things that need <laughs> yeah. to be associated. But now, finance meetings, definitely. You know, we can talk about captains long and hard for this particular team right now, but I think you've always got to look at Russell Domingo and what he's bringing because sure. his leadership is, again, it's more about facilitating these talents and getting together. A captain on the field has to make some very tough decisions because that's very much instinctive. You need to live by that. Russell Domingo's leadership role is what I really want to question out of all of this. And um, I, I think that maybe be an easy one to solve. Hmm. Look, what 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 Russell Domingo does. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I, mean, I, I got nothing. <laughs> against, I, I got nothing against Russell Domingo, but it, it just, I, I'm, I'm sensing a hashtag. What does Russell do? Yeah. It's going to come up if we do bad in this next test. Sure, sure. I mean, but what? But that's that's the question. What does Russell do? He uh, in in press conferences, he, he kind of he's, he's got he's got like a sweet smile, and he seems like a really nice guy, and he kind of like. Shrugs his shoulders a lot, but I, I don't, I don't see him really providing much answer. The truth is, if he was an, a, a football manager, he would have been sacked after India. Mm. So maybe, maybe we, we, we do put too much pressure on the captains in cricket because of their influence on the field. But I'm, I'm amazed that many people aren't asking more questions about Russell Domingo. I think well, there you uh, have to have someone to take his place though. Do we, have we identified any other coach that could possibly be up there at that level to be able to take over the protest at this transition? Uh, with money comes greatness. We can buy a coach somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. But I think people haven't given Russell Domingo so much flack because they actually just don't know who he is. You know, it's one thing to always, it's always easy to throw stones at, at big targets. Right. Russell Domingo, where did he come from from this? That's a question I'm finding a lot on Twitter right now. What are his credentials? How did he get to this position? Well, I mean, uh, he was at Province, wasn't he? I mean, where, where was exactly. he? Exactly. <laughs> like, who really knows? So, so then, so then is, is, that, is that a failing on, on Cricket South Africa and, and the way that cricket is set up that the the targets that we throw in are so heavily weighted towards towards the captain that when he's out there and it's like you know what we, we're struggling for wickets we got, I got to make a bowling change that's that's maybe a bit audacious but 
if I do this, I'm the only one that, that that's going to lose my gig here. Yeah. Russell's sitting up there and like, well, you know, I, 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 I worked with him four days in the week. Um, you know, he's out in the field now. It's, it's his job. I, I don't, I don't see enough, enough help coming from the coach. Yeah. No, I get it. Guys, unfortunately, we have really run out of time. This is a conversation that's not going to end, but I must tell you to go on, read this, read this article in its entirety, conquersport.com with the Q-A-S, C-O-N-Q-A-S, sport. Um, guys, otherwise, where can we find you a bit more? Uh, as you said, follow us on Twitter. We're also on LinkedIn, Facebook. We're sharing our articles all the time on that. Um, so it's also just conquersport, C-O-N-Q-A-S, sport. Um, and then you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter and you'll get that, that, the article that we produce on a weekly basis. Um, so yeah, Dan will be doing another one this coming week. Um, and if you do subscribe, you'll be receiving that every Sunday. Super. Just on that, uh, Antoinette Muller said that Elgar was the captain of the under 19 level. There you go. Thanks. I told you this guy, I reckon he's a way forward. Um, smiley face guy on WeChat who has no name. Thank you for your messages. Um, and he also thinks Russell Domingo is a bit soft. <laughs> Guys, unfortunately, we have run out of time. Duncan, we'll queued up for a song here. Did you pick craft songs? Anyway, join us next week. Follow me on Twitter at Follow the Bounce. The podcast will be available on the Bounce today. Of course, just go on to cliffcentral.com for more podcasts, and uh, we'll catch you back next Monday. Unreal, uncensored, unradio. Cliffcentral.com.